Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. Dude. Okay. We I broke my leg yesterday. Yeah. she today. She pulled her groin muscle, basically, which means she broke her leg. <laughs> and Peyton it, came it home. Does, it does? Yeah. Peyton came home to a big surprise. What was your big surprise? I got makeup in my new axolotl sash and I'm going to go grab them. Yeah. We, okay, so let me, let's start over because this weekend was actually really, really fun. We hope you liked the episodes that we recorded for you. And guess what? We didn't release the books that we're going to be reading next yet, but we will. Do you want to tell them right now which ones we're going to do? Uh, Oh. I'm so sorry. You know what? Let's finish this book so it's, like, not super disruptive in the middle. And then we'll just do it at the end of this book. And we're going to try and power through this book. We're actually going to try and power through all of them so we can get you the end of this book quicker. Yeah, here. So this weekend, I don't know if you guys know this about us, but we kind of love animals. Kind of? (laughs) Really? And where we live, there is a reptile show. And we live in a town called Redding, California. And it was the Redding Reptile Show. And we got to meet a bunch of people who sell snakes and and reptiles and spiders. Yeah, unfortunately, Peyton was at her dad's house. But we did get a couple new family members. Yep. We got a carabina versicolor, which is like a really beautiful spider. It's a tarantula. If you guys look it up, it's carabina, C-A-R-I-B-E-N-A, and then versicolor, F-E-R. S-I-C-O-L-O-R. And you'll see when they're babies, they are these bright, beautiful blue color. And we just started a, a page on Instagram. It's called Arachnopology. So you can actually go on Arachnopology and follow our little page. And we're going to start posting. We just started it. We're going to start posting pictures of our animals and stuff and teaching people just how not to be afraid of creatures. Huh? Yep. And... um. Then the other three spiders we got are just my favorite. It's called the Gramostola pulchra or the Brazilian black tarantula. And they're really big, but they're really sweet. They're also nicknamed the black lab of tarantulas because they're just so chill and mellow. And they're these huge, beautiful, velvet-looking black spiders. They're just amazing. Okay, so we're just going to get into it. We're going to start doing our our reading and we're gonna really we're gonna start waking up early like we were last week and uh crumb bum Peyton's already yawning that's a burp uh that was a yawn before that okay this book is not good for you Peyton secret series by so you don't know okay um okay, book they number already, they already know. book number three you already know okay chapter 21 page 203 chapter 21 welcome to the wild world You can tell he's an African elephant and not an Asian elephant by looking at his ear. See how it's shaped just like the continent of Africa? The woman who said that the words said these words more like cat 
wore, wore a khaki jacket and matching pith helmet, mosquito netting hung over her face. She looked as though she was on a safari. That is, aside from the microphone in her hand, and the fact that she was standing in front of the tram, she gestured to all the gray, all the tall gray animals standing about 20 feet away. The elephant flapped its ears obligingly, then spit water out of its trunk as if disgust, as if disgust with the show. The baby, the African elephant, what did I get baby? Oh my gosh. I really wanted it to be a baby elephant. The African elephant is officially listed as an endangered species. Does anyone know the difference between a vulnerable species and an endangered species? The tram was silent. No one, apparently, was able to answer the tour guide's question. Then, in, a very bl- in the very back, a girl with pointy ears popped up. Vulnerable means in the 10% chance of extinction in the next 100 years. Endangered means... The short, spiky-haired boy sitting next to her interrupted. Endangered means that there's a 20% chance of extinction in 20 years. Their taller Asian friend sitting across the aisle shook his head. I thought we weren't going to call attention to ourselves, he whispered. You guys are such know-it-alls. Nobody can see us, said Cass defensively. Yeah, nobody can see us, said Max Ernest. The tram had two sections hooked together like train cars. And from the vantage point, the three young adventurers could not only see the elephants standing on the side of the road, but also the trainers up front gawking at the elephants. The tram was painted with, painted with a camouflage pattern that suggested military maneuvers and jungle adventures, and on its sides were the world, wild world, the world's wildest and wild animal park. Go wild, Go world, wi- go wild world. Oh, that's hard to say. But so far, the wildest part of the ride had been the too close enclosure with the tongue of an animal, an animal named, according to the tour guide, Jerry the Very Merry Giraffe. In his lap, Max Ernest held the glossy "We're Welcome to the Wild World" map and. They'd received it when they bought their tickets. It showed how the animals' habitats at the wild world were divided into eco-hoods. The ecological neighborhoods the kids had read earlier with names just like Misty Marsh, Dead Man's Desert, and Rainbow Rainforest. This last eco-hood, the rainforest, was by far the largest, occupying nearly half, half of the area on the map. It was there our superheroes hoped that they would find a hidden chocolate plantation and perhaps even a new secret headquarters of the Midnight Sun. Currently, the tram was winding its way through the version of the African grassland, Serengeti Savannah. The sun was starting to go down. This was fine after all. The sunset safari tram ride in the landscape glowed gold. In the distance, a flamboyant flamingo was silhouetted, gathered around a watering hole. It's kind of like we got to go to Africa after all, said Max Ernest. How about that? Kind of, said Yo-Yoji, whose parents made him look at way too many pictures of the real Africa, and kind of not. Cass looked out at the rolling grass-covered hills of the man-made savannah. Maybe it could be Africa, she thought. If you ignore 
If you ignore it, all the popcorn and candy strewn along the sides of the road. As they rounded a turn, an excited murmur rippled through the tram. A yellow sign was posted on the hillside. Warning, entering lion country. Keep arms inside the tram at all times. But the only animal in sight was a zebra ambling away. If there were only if there were any lions nearby, he did not seem very scared of them. Where are the lions? I want to see a lion, shouted a child up front. Sorry, it looks like they're sleeping, explained the tour guide. Did you know that the average lion sleeps about 20 hours a day? That's why they call him king of beasts, because they're so lazy. The crowd teetered. Can you hear that ringing sound? Believe it or not, those frogs, those are frogs croaking. We are now approaching Rainbow Rainforest. That's where they think that the midnight sun's going to be having their cocoa plantation. What's cocoa? Chocolate. Remember, this what the book's about. This was, our, this was our friend's cue to start paying attention. Cass, Max Ernest, and Yo-Yoji all craned their necks, straining to look ahead. Rainbow Rainforest definitely lives up to its name, at least if you weren't expecting a real rainbow or a real rainforest. As soon as they'd crossed into the so-called rainforest, hidden sprinklers drenched the tram with water. It was like driving through a torrential downpour in the tropics. Or maybe it was just like driving through a car wash. Meanwhile, strategically placed floodlight created a prism effect, a rainbow of sorts. Unlike the Serengeti savanna, which was wide open with views in all directions, the rainforest was dense and dark, and if you were somebody like Max Ernest, extremely claustrophobia-inducing, the leaves were so big and the trees were so small that you couldn't help but feeling small. Oh, and the trees were so tall. Sorry, that didn't make any sense. Okay, let me start over. The leaves were so big and the trees were so tall that you couldn't help but feeling small. As if you were looking through the world at the eyes of an ant. Out in the real world, more animal species lived in the rainforest than any other type of environment. Out in the real world, more animal species live in the rainforest than any other type of environment. Sorry, I think I just read that. And that's true here at the wild world, too. We have, other, we have over 20 species of frogs, including one species that flies, and 12 species of monkeys, n though no flying ones yet. And you'll have to visit the Wicked Witch of the West to find those. As the tram dove deeper into the rainforest, the park visitors experienced a kind of sensory overload. Tropical birds cawed from every direction. The frog croaking grew louder and louder until it was almost from... Uh, 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 I just lost my space. Until it was almost deafening. The last rays of sun, sunlight penetrated from the trees above, casting shadows and the shapes and vines and leaves and creating dizzying patterns of light and dark, brown and green. The air was so pungent with honey and cinnamon and vanilla, but also with musk and mold and much fouler scents. They had to hold their noses. All in all, the rainforest was not an easy place to look for a hidden chocolate plantation. The kids heard no shouts in between invisible plantation, uh, invisible plantation workers. They caught no whiffs of chocolate floating through the air. They saw no... 
tractor tracks buried in the mud, no secret messages tied to the tree trunks, no signs of illicit activity whatsoever. Then again, all those things could have been there and they still might not have been able to detect them. Boldly, Cass, Cass walked up to the trans center aisle and asked the tour guide whether there had been an old zoo, wild world, an old zoo where wild world stood now. But the tour guide said if anything like that ever existed, she didn't know of it. And it certainly didn't exist now. Cass climbed back into her seat and stared out into the shadow. It was now almost completely dark in the rainforest, the only illumination coming from the lights of the tram. This is crazy. How are we supposed to see anything? How are we even supposed to think, echoed Max Ernest. It's so loud. Let's face it. There's nothing to see, yo, said Yo-Yoji. We picked the wrong zoo, or maybe it wasn't even a zoo in the first place. Yeah, you're probably right, said Cass, slinking down into her seat as a misery weighed down on her. The possibility of not finding her mother was too horrible to think about, and yet she could not think about it. And she couldn't not think about it. By the time the tram drove out of the rainforest, all that was left was a sun. The sun was a pinkish red tip peeking over a hill. Hey, what's that? Max pointed to a small gray tree, dead by the looks of it, sticking out of the grassy hillside. A bright green bird was sitting on the tree's skinny bare branches. As the last rays of sunshine slipped away, the bird flapped its wings and lurched into the sky. Tense with anticipation, all three kids stuck their heads out of the tram and watched the bird pass overhead. There was just enough light to see its red belly and then its long tail waving in the wind. There was no doubt that was a quizzital. Hey, you, back there and back. Heads up. Heads up in the back of the tram, please. Oh, heads back in the tram, please, came an order from up front. As they watched, the bird flew straight towards the rainforest and then veered left and entered the rainforest directly from above the point where they'd entered some 20 minutes earlier, just past the lining warren sign. Lion, lion warning sign. Did you hear me? You with the backpack and your two boyfriends. If you don't sit down in your seat, I'm going to have to stop the tram. The kids yanked their heads back inside, sitting down. Cass was so excited that she didn't even get angry at the tour guide for calling Yo Yoji and Max Ernest her new boy her boyfriends. Max Ernest pulled a pen out of his backpack and drew an arrow on the map where the Quizzital had had flown into the rainforest. Somewhere deep inside the man-made jungle lurked the midnight sun. Ooh. Creep, creep. That's it. Well, that's it of that chapter. I know. That's what I'm saying. That's it. That's it. Chapter. Dang it. It's almost like we're going to have to read another chapter. <laughs> See you guys next chapter. Okay, bye.